0: True crime, conspiracy theories, political ramblings. There's none of that on the brand new Adventures Anonymous Patreon account. But we do have exclusive content for our Patreon subscribers maps, artwork, and flash fiction from the AA Cinematic Universe, puzzles, one shots, and interviews, live streams with the Adventures Anonymous cast. With a Patreon subscription from just £2 per month, it's a great way to show us you care. Because we care. Go to patreon.com and search Adventures Anonymous Podcast.
1: Fellow nerds and 'er nerdwells, I'm AJ, and welcome back to the Adventurers Anonymous Podcast, the home of improvised fantasy. Fuck nuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks, sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and do their very best to find the boundaries of common decency. As ever, I'm duty bound to remind you that the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. What follows is mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. As ever, I'm joined by the usual hive of scum and villainy. First up, we have a man many regard as the Princess Diana of Dungeons and Dragons. Everywhere he goes, there the paparazzi are. It's the woke millennial pap trap himself, <laughs> Mr. Chris Neil.
2: Pap trap? The... You, you filth. You call me uh, you call me scum and then you call me that. Ugh. Ugh.
1: You're the people's princess, Chris. Uh, how you doing?
2: I'm very, very well, thank you. I'm very, very happy to be the, the, the people's princess of, of D&D. I
1: think you are.
3: smeared all over a tunnel in Paris.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: Red mist and an afterthought, baby. Uh,
1: red mist and an afterthought. There you go, name of your sex tape. Next up, coming to us live and direct from his sizzling sauna in Finland, it's Mr Matt Durant. Have you sawned today? Well, I'm in the sauna right now, AJ.
0: I have actually just come out. Are you? Been for a very nice paddle in the in the in the lake,
3: and then had a very nice sawn. That's what we do all the time in Finland. Are you meant to go from hot to cold or cold to hot? Um, a bit like a um creme brulee. I think it's you're
0: supposed to get like a nice. You're supposed to kind of heat up the top so it gets nice and crispy, but the, the the creamy bit is still cold.
1: So do you rub yourself down in Demerara sugar and then go in the sauna? <laughs> yes, in
0: front of a in front of a scorching gas flame, <laughs> and
1: it's just <laughs> <laughs> fucking amazing. Oh, dear God. Well, there you go. We've learned something. Next up, we have a lady who is genetically 50% Jawa and 50% honey badger. It's Chantelle Williams. Uh, How are you? nice honey
0: badger, uh, uh-huh. Or an angry Jawa.
1: Or an angry or horny Jawa. Or okay. And last but not least, We have the man many refer to as the local rag, (laughs) a man who can always be relied on to know the weather, the local sports results, and his sheets are covered in smut. It's Mr. Chris Rag. How the dickens are you?
0: It's hot. Sheffield wins you in the playoff finals, and I am pretty great, thank
1: you. That's all right. Good. There you go. I've called you many rags. I've never called you the local rag before. Right. There we go. On that note, let's kick things off. Do people? Shan, you haven't been here for a couple of weeks, so I suppose you're probably going to need yes. a recap, right? And to be fair, Mister Raghu, we we were off last week doing the um, Young Belsia one shot, so it's been a it's been a week anyway for most of us. So here we go with a recap. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they had found themselves investigating murder-most-foul in a rural village the morning after a particularly rowdy fertility festival. Yes, listeners, those weren't words I thought I'd be saying either. On finding the cold dead body of a child, the village shut down, with the elders sending people home on the understanding that they would be interviewed in due course. The problem with village elders is, well... They're, el- they're old and elderly, and these two in particular required the unique skills offered by our hungover heroes, Belsia and Aristobulus, getting to grips with the autopsy, producing some of the least tasteful role-playing since our Joseph Fritzl fancy-dress one-shot lost us our sponsorship deal with Grand Designs. And whilst that was happening, Tatty investigated the scene of the crime, finding tracks from a pair of hobnail boots heading back into the village centre. Hanash wasted no time in using his stolen City Watch badge and revolver, interrogating suspects, using his unique blend of rage and innocence. And just when everyone was starting to think that justice was being served, yes, that's right, the cold dead body with two puncture wounds in its neck, sat upright, coming back to life, a cold dead look in its eyes, staring directly at Belsia. And that is where we will pick up with this week's episode. Ooh, you make me live. i coming back from the dead like a vampire. Is this, is this what Belsier is singing in Panic with the child? Yeah, just keep,
0: keep himself <laughs> calm. Just humming gently.
1: Do, <laughs> just, to, just to orientate ourselves, I'm going to say Belsiar and Aristobulus are in the blacksmiths with the undead child. Tati, you kind of wandering around the village at the end, so let's bring more Tati, and Hanash back together. Uh, otherwise, we're going to end up with a four-way split party, and it's going to be an absolute dicking nightmare. Yeah. But for the sake of it, I've done a map for you. So, Belsia, I've done you a little map of the blacksmiths, all right, and everyone else can benefit from it. Uh, I think it's in 4K mr rag because i know these things are important to you
0: this is a good map i approve
1: there you go there is the blacksmith that we find mr Belsier. is he in. taking
3: a nap Eh? is he taking a
1: nap <laughs> no that's a dead child on a table The long nap the big nap oh <laughs> the, the big sleep he's taking the long nap <laughs> Good night. So, Belsior, you find yourself in there with Edith. There's lots of Easter eggs in that map, if you can be bothered to find them. I've scattered them around liberally.
3: Is Aristobulus still there as well?
1: Aristobulus is also still there. It's true. Yes. <gasps> Aristobulus was... Well, I don't know. I think he was pretty much... He had the. Uh, he had the part of the skin of the child sewn onto the hem of his garment, and that was also coming back to life. So he was flapping around trying to to kill the reanimated nipple of a dead vampire on the hem of his garment. Right, Belsia, as you look down, the child is going to leap off the table and hurl itself at Edith's back. I'm going to need you to make me... A um initiative role that would be straight in with the d um, twenties absolutely you can the more the merrier
3: doesn't have to just <laughs> run away really. five for initiative, and I got a big old four
1: that's not bad because the vampire only got seven
3: still bigger than a five still, and a four still beat this
1: uh, can
3: I ask a question. Is it a vampire or is it a
4: zombie?
1: It's a vampire. It has two puncher wounds in its neck and it is absolutely furious. Oh,
4: can. Okay.
3: But is it daylight outside?
1: Yes, it's inside a blacksmith. So
3: there are a lot of silver in the blacksmith?
1: <laughs> I don't know. No, for narrative reasons, there's not as a lot of iron and quite a lot of coal. In terms of carbon footprint, it's quite a bad place. Unfortunately, he doesn't make high-end cutlery. Otherwise, the vampire would be in it deep shit. But um not that werewolves?
2: You mean this small village uh, that doesn't have a doctor's doesn't make high-end cutlery? Yep.
1: Well, what about Sheffield, Chris? It's an absolute shithole, yet somehow <laughs> we are the fine-dining cutlery establishment of the planet.
2: Um, I think Sheffield is great. Uh, I think you're a terrible person. And uh, well, at least Sheffield has uh, the doctors.
0: It, it's nice to be the only city in the world to not have vampires. As well,
2: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say are, uh, we're very we're very well defended against uh, incursions from undead.
1: Yeah, that's because all the fucking hipsters spend their life picking wild garlic <laughs> down the riverbanks in Sheffield. No, they don't.
2: Because that woman, that woman from the fucking the tour that we went on, couldn't teach us how to pick anything. She just took us around the car park.
1: The foraging course that i went on with you is one of my happiest memories Chris, and that beats the birth of two children and the successful divorce of a wife so like it was uh, it was a very happy memory
2: it was a very happy memory it shouldn't beat those other
1: things though right so the the <laughs> the monster charging off the table leaping onto edith's back is going to try and restrain edith um, flailing around on the floor trying to pin Edith down you hear Edith who's an old village elder Chanel you hear Edith go Hoo! as as the monster which teeth are all higgledy piggledy because after the autopsy you put all the teeth in back to oh, front yeah. upside down and swap some of them out with nails
3: <laughs> Good time.
1: It, it, and after the vampire it is Aristobulus' turn whoo
3: uh okay. 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 Um uh, Aristobulus is gonna uh sorry, I'm just looking at Aristobulus's stuff. Yeah, fuck it. Um
2: Aristobulus is gonna run over with uh a mace and try and and try and strike and try and strike this uh this creature.
1: Don't even know he had a mace. That's amazing. I checked. Uh, go on then. God damn. That's a seven to hit.
2: Um, f- fails. Okay. Um, he, uh, frustrated, uh, is going to cast spiritual weapon. Okay. And a, uh, I mean, why, why fix, why fix what, what, what ain't broken? Uh, uh, <laughs> blue spectral palace is gonna, is gonna rise out of the, uh, The flames,
4: (laughs) Yasqueen Queen.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and and attempt to attack uh, this um, this fucking this fucking vampire. Going to menage the vampire and Edith and the the, the dick
1: on. Yeah, I was going to say, poor Edith and the (laughs) Edith high fying a spectral (laughs) belly like
3: Uh, that's a nineteen to hit.
1: Definitely hits. Yeah
3: that'll be goddamn uh 4 damage
1: Ooh. uh so just the tip hits the um vampire as you hear a crack as the um blue spectral phallus hits the pale alabaster skin of the vampire um it's a it's a spawn of a vampire basically this little thing it's no longer a child it's become a vampire spawn as just the tip of the spectral phallus twats across the front of the jaws as you hear a hard crack as the skin is now hardened what was once human skin you see a crack appearing down the jawline as it takes four points of damage uh that then leads us to belciar as you look on in amazement What's going on, Belsiar? What are you doing?
3: What I'd like to do... Um, so I'm looking at this map, and I'm
0: thinking, me and our are on the left side. The vampire and poor Edith are on the right side. Oh, no. Oh, is that...
1: Yeah, yeah, that's about right.
0: Yeah. Can I use control flames to make a jet of fire shoot out of the, the furnace, giving us a chance to run outside and kind of rethink
3: things.
1: Is it a precision thing?
0: (laughs) It's just the cantrip. I just, it just, uh, I don't think there's any rolls to make. It just expands five feet in one direction towards the, towards the chair, I guess.
1: You want to burn down that really comfortable looking armchair.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I think the the armchair has to go. (laughs)
1: So you want to you want to expend your turn using your cantrip to set the inside of the blacksmith on fire, basically?
0: Yeah, it feels I feel like we need to this is all happened very suddenly during a routine autopsy. We need to We need to <laughs> literally a put, a, aut- put a, <laughs> by the book. Just another just another of our many routine autopsies we've performed
3: as
1: edith is choking with the vampire's hands around her throat trying desperately to breathe she looks over as the flames turn into a penis smashing the vampire this way that way as she Sweats and panics as you hear her go, Whoa, ah, ah, as she looks over, as she sees you whispering an incantation, as flames gout and jet out at the front of <clears throat> the furnace, setting fire to the threadbare armchair in the corner, as flames start licking up the upholstery. It then goes round to Edith's turn, as you hear her trying to choke words out as she says, "Is there any chance?" You could help me, as she's starting to turn a shade of blue. As she is going to try and break free with the grapple that the vampire has. I'm sure she can get out. Jesus H, fuck me, Christ! She rolled a natural twenty. There you go. Do you know when old wiry thin people are often stronger than they appear? As this ancient, well not ancient, this undead foul creature looks down uh, as its wrist starts buckling as this unlikely strong old lady wrenches the hands free of her neck and where you see there are two bruise marks on her neck as she pushes the vampire back against the desk and crawls backwards towards the wizard, the flaming armchair. And the pervert with the flaming spectral phallus. As you see her shaking, as she says, Maybe it's time we left.
2: Uh yeah, feels like feels like the party's feels like the party's dying down in here.
1: As you see the vampire pick itself up from the side of the desk, shake itself off, the um bruise down the side of its face, the crack, re-heals, as it's going to charge straight into Belsia, um, making a claw attack against him. Uh, getting a twenty-six doesn't hit. <laughs> no, <it laughs> getting twenty-six and doing five points of damage as you feel claws rake down your chest. Oof! B-
0: boo. As
1: you see the vampire standing. On the edge, you're standing on the edge of sunlight in the darkness of the blacksmith, as you see the vampire can come no further than the edge of the sunlight as huh. you look down at the claw marks that are raked across your chest uh, It's Aristobulus' turn again Oh,
2: do you say do you say it doesn't look like it can go out in the in the sunlight?
1: No, it's hissing at the sunlight. The rest of you are standing on the edge of the sunlight. The the blacksmith doesn't have a door. Doors in places that um, kick out smoke and fumes are a bad idea, so it's an open fronted blacksmith. So you can see sunlight comes to a point inside it and the the vampire can't cross the boundary.
2: Can can Aristobulus uh position himself on the other side of the on the other side of the vampire? So that the vampire is between Aristobulus and the exit—is that—is that, is that
1: uh, yeah. possible? If he wants to, yeah, he can do that with his movement. He can run around the vampire and give it a jolly good.
2: Um, and I'm gonna uh, use my action to use Turn Undead. Uh, Woo! And being a being a man of being a man of faith and a man of the cloth. Uh, Aristobulus is gonna. Aristobulus is gonna just grasp onto his holy symbol very tight, just like little beads of sweat going just trickling down his hungover face as he like closes his eyes and then opens them and shouts, "Get out of here, you damn vampire!" And <laughs> and presents it. And I like to think that the light from the from the forge is like shining behind his holy symbol, so it like it casts like a, a funny shadow on him. Um, so he needs to make a DC 14 wisdom saving
3: throw. All right. Got a six. Uh, it needs to spend... So it's turned for one
2: minute, or until it takes any damage. Um, it has to spend its turns trying to move as far away from Aristobulus as it can. Uh, and it can't Willing can't willingly move to a space within 30 feet of, of me, uh, and it can't take reactions, it can only use its act, it can only use its action to dash, uh, to try and get away from Aristobulus. Basically, so I would love it if he could run into the sunlight.
1: Well, he hasn't got many options if Aristobulus is behind him, so we see Aristobulus pull a myriad of different holy symbols from under his robe of stars, picking one up and holding it forwards and shaking it. He starts saying magical words as he's like, but nothing happens. As he throws that one aside and pulls another one out, he's like, shit. Fuck, not that one. As he pulls another one out, kisses it, and goes, as it starts glowing brighter and brighter and brighter, as the light of the forge magnified across it, you see the vampire, like, clawing at its own eyes as the holy symbol offends the very evilness of the foul creature as it's pushed further and further backwards, and you see as it's pushed out into the sunlight, the what little scant hair is left on the back of the feral creature starts burning off as as it's as it stands in the sunlight you can see its invisible pain as it cowers down its skin starting to turn from alabaster white into a hideous burnt crispy look. Um and it's now Belsiar's turn.
0: It's been a while since I used I used my breath weapon. Um which feels like a good midway point between just hitting it with a stick and fireball.
3: Fireball <laughs> Um So yeah I'll 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 breathe fire.
0: <sighs> uh which is a it's been so long since I used this, I can't even remember how it um It needs to make a stay being hereditary weapon. Yeah.
1: It's been so long since you've used your my own, hereditary own hereditary characteristics.
0: Crocodilian.
3: Um it's a Dex thirteen save and throw. Amazing. Twenty-one. Oh, so it takes uh two D.
1: Despite being crispy, it's still quite lithe. So it takes. It's in pain. So, how much damage does it take? So it's half three D six.
0: And I actually have three D six. So I'm going to take the opportunity to roll them. Come on, good numbers. Oh, all threes. That's well, got to be worth open. So four and a half points of damage.
1: Four and a half, round up, round up five. As so it takes five points of damage. You see the creature skin starting to blacken and char in the sunlight as it howls and hunkers down. It still has a degree of flexibility about it as the Crocoborn uses, because everyone knows cro- crocodiles can breathe fire, as the Crocoborn uses his hereditary fire breathing um gout of flame shooting forth towards the undead creature as it jumps out of the way but even in jumping out of the way you can see its skin is cracking and its bones are creaking as it's looking in a in a bad way as as the hem of its garment lights up aristobulus looks down and he can also see the the skin which is sewn onto the hem of his garment the nipple is twerking it's angry <laughs> oh, it's having sympathy pains
0: I didn't
3: need to remember that.
1: Aristobulus now standing in the sunlight, he can see like a, a, he's now got a hem of crispy bacon on the edge of his robe of stars. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Edith is in shock. She's just rolling backwards and forwards um, on the floor as she looks up, looks at the vampire cooking and just bolts off into the village somewhere, like screaming for help. Um, Bringing us back to the vampire who is thoroughly on fire. Now that the vampire is out in the sunlight, you see that it cannot heal itself, and where before it was healing itself from any injuries it took, the vampire is now unable to heal itself. Um, As it takes further damage, its skin getting more and more charred, and its face more and more um, encrusted, you see the vampire is going to make... It's going to try and pin down Aristobulus, um, so I need Aristobulus to make me a athletics check a against me.
3: Don't fuck me. Uh, that's an
1: 18. Oof, 11. So yes, as the creature slams into the chest of Aristobulus, Aristobulus not being known to be the strongest man in the world and this creature weakened by the sunlight, you just see... Aristobulus grapples with it. The vampire skin is peeling off in, in Aristobulus' hands as he's pulling like sloths of flesh off the dead creature, pushing it back as they go into a hand wrestle. Now Aristobulus's turn.
3: Lovely. I am going to... Hmm. It's in melee range with me. I don't like that. That's not good. Fuck it, maybe I'll just use the robe of stars. Yeah. Such a great item. Um Yeah, I think I'll use the robe of stars. Um so I think this casts Magic Missile at fifth level. Okay. Which means that it it does wait, I need to figure this out.
2: Magic missile's a first level spell and that does three darts,
3: so it. Fifth level, just eight. Is that
1: right? Three. It'd be plus one for every extra level above two, isn't it? Above
2: above one, because it's a because magicness.
1: Above one, even first level so, spell. So you'd have four more on top of three. You'd have seven. Seven.
3: Seven. Okay, I gotta roll some d fours, baby. Five, uh, six.
0: I' you want to send one after Edith? Because I don't think... <laughs> I don't like a quitter. <laughs> just enough to...
1: God loves a quitter.
0: Not, not, not to kill killer, just enough to God give her a... a uh, 18 damage.
1: Whoa! Oh.
2: oh, actually, actually, uh, 18 plus 7, so 25, because it's plus 1 for each one
1: and how would you like to do this
2: oh lovely it's
1: very badly wounded in the sunlight
2: i think um because he's so big because he's so close to me and then the nipple is like is is moving very strangely on the robe of stars aristobulus is just like just like really really scared and anxious and he's trying to like trying to he's trying to remove the 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 bacon like nipple from his beautiful robe of stars, and he accidentally sets off the enchantment, and all these magic missiles just fly out of the robes <laughs> and hit the vampire oh. uh, and he just goes like Burr! and then and then oh it, right, it like fully like just like
1: he he prematurely ejaculates stars out of himself, yeah
2: you know I like to give you gifts
1: that's nice, yeah, okay, so it's the creature comes onto him, grappling with him. You know, the the two individuals fighting each other, like pushing each other back. Uh, the, the teeth bared on the creature, getting ever closer to Aristobulus's neck. Aristobulus just howls out in pain and just jettisons all of the stars out of his robe of stars, just prematurely splooging them all into the vampire in one giant, cacophonous explosion of magic that blows out not only the inside of the vampire, but also slams the top of the head off the vampire, just killing it instantly as the creature falls backwards, a charred wreck, a skeletal frame of what was once a vampire, what was once a boy, as it lies still on the floor, sizzling in the sunlight. Can... um the and the priest look down at it can
2: aristobulus go and um uh pick up the the vampire's head if it's if it's still um if it's still on the ground
1: uh it's in two parts you got a top half and a bottom half you can easily <laughs> put them back together again uh... that you melted the Do you know the we said you put bolts and screws in yeah you melted mm. those so you've got a bottom half of a jaw and the top half of a head Basically. Does
2: it look like looking at the jaw? Wow, well, I didn't think we'd continue on this path since last week. And I Continue I'd the autopsy. It. Hey ho!
0: It's, it's a South Park Canadian.
2: And so, um, <laughs> is, from the jaw, can I? Can it? <laughs> does it? Can I see like the vampire-like fangs in
0: there? Sort of confirm it was <laughs> a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> You think that you think you are, but it's just, no. No, just...
2: yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up the bottom half of the head then, because if we need it for evidence, okay. I, I think the top half will be able to tell people that it's a vampire.
0: Because otherwise, I think we <laughs> molested a corpse and then you you now it.
1: have the jawbone of a vampire. Excellent. You can put that in your inventory, or Aristobulus's inventory for that matter, because you're not there. I'm not there. But, but make a note of it anyway. All of you with a sigh of relief. Belcy. are you looking down at yourself? Much like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, your shirt is ripped open and it's just slightly bleeding, but in a sexy kind mm. of way. You look down at the undead, crispy body of the vampire as all of you lean on each other in a... Well, both of you lean on each other in a sigh of relief. As you look up just in time to see um, Job's mother returning with her family as she wanders round. The blacksmiths looking for the interred body of her son in some confusion. She can't find the body. Is Enid not here? Enid Edith has run away. Oh
3: no. I okay, Aristobulus is gonna look is gonna look at Melsara and be
2: like, Shall we just run until Enid gets back? Let's let's
0: not run, let's walk briskly. <laughs>
1: Basically, Job's mum has brought cousins and all sorts of people to come and see the body and have a final send-off um, as they're just milling around the blacksmiths looking confused as Belsiar and uh, Aristobulus hot-tail it. Um, what are the rest of the three of you doing in the village centre um, on the understanding that Tati found some footprints uh, last time and, and started... Finding a bit of a trail.
3: But you're probably having a game of slaps. <laughs> 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 Sounds about right. I'd, I'd, I'd love to be following the trail, but
2: um, I, I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not going to uh, renounce any
1: shenanigans.
0: <laughs> I slapped back t- to the ground. Like I win. Let's go. <laughs>
1: I like the idea that you, Tati and Hanash are playing slaps and it's going really well and you're taking it in turns and you're not holding back. As it gets to Hanash's turn to do the slaps, Tati, you look over and you just see Edith just going, ah! yeah. as she runs past. Hanash doesn't stop playing slaps and just belts you to the ground as you look sideways at Edith.
3: I is she does she coming towards us or is she like running past us
1: she's running towards you
3: okay
2: um what seems to be the problem i don't know if we've
1: if we've met her before yeah
3: i think we I think did we,
1: we meet right. her oh, okay. you've met edith before okay um your is silas there playing perhaps with you the other there's two village elders
0: he's knocked out he, yeah, he yeah, can yeah. cope he can
1: all oh, right. You've already belted Silas to the ground. Winner stays
0: on to play Silas. <laughs> he puts all his rings on for this one.
1: <laughs> As uh Edith comes running back, she's like, Oh, <sighs> the undead are in the village. The dead have risen.
2: What? What dead? Oh, the dead have risen. No, he just slapped me. I wasn't actually dead.
1: Uh, <laughs> She wipes some soot and blood off her face. She's like, your friends are in mortal danger. The undead have risen.
3: How many undeads?
1: J- just the one.
3: Ah. Oh. That's all right. Easy. All right. We'll we'll we'll
2: start heading to the blacksmith.
1: <laughs> okay. The
2: routine. She,
1: she stoops down and starts slapping Silas about, <laughs> trying to wake him up. Silas! Silas! This is no time! Amazing. Maud, what are you doing in all of this as you're, you're aware that there's some foul play in the village?
4: Um, I would like to go and see what everybody else is talking about,
3: i.e. the undead vampire. Are you still carrying your sugar glider? Um, I don't know. Have you murdered it yet?
1: Wow. I'm I like the idea. You're just a bit like, wow, Jeez. it's getting snippy in here, people. It's getting snippy. <laughs> Much like a boomerang, are you just throwing your sugar glider around in circles and catching it?
4: I'm not getting attached to this sugar glider by any means.
3: Why not? It's going to be a person this time, isn't it? It's a real dark out of the soul. For, uh...
4: We all know what happens the moment there were five of us. That's it. All the animals are dead.
1: I didn't kill Marvin. If anything, Mathematics killed Marvin and also Tatty rode him off a cliff. <laughs> drugs
0: drugs killed him. I
4: think you wouldn't write him off a cliff. <laughs> anyway, we're not being attached to the sugar glider.
0: I mean Hura spanked <laughs> him off a cliff,
1: I think. But... Yeah. <laughs> uh Mathematics and Peyote killed yeah, drugs. Marvin. Drugs, drugs so
4: I'd like to uh Let's go and see
1: what's happening in uh, to the undead. I want my piece of flesh. Okay. <laughs> As Maud and Tati and Hanash, you make your way across the village green. You can see smoke rising from the blacksmith, which isn't wildly surprising because people are used to seeing black smoke rising from a blacksmith. You just see a very sheepish-looking Belsiar and Aristobulus. Aristobulus is holding on to... A jawbone and swinging it around like some sort of like sickle. He's using it like a paper aeroplane. He's just
5: going
2: like, <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> a little
1: Boomeranging himself. a jaw.
2: Yeah, just he's trying to trying to chase after the villagers with it, playing Pac-Man. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I guess Tati's gonna um if if we run up to Belsiara and Aristobulus, uh, I'll just be like. Um, I heard you ran into some trouble, of the undead kind.
3: Yeah, w- one undead, barely even a you know, barely even a
0: one on the undead scale. <laughs> okay. Well, that actually a a, a one.
1: Whilst you're bleeding profusely out of your chest. Yeah,
0: we've we've faced worse. Unless a uh, vampire's. Do I need? I uh, no, look down at the 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 blood and I'm like, am I am I infected? Do I do I have vampire oh. now? How does that
3: work?
1: Aristobulus just takes one step back. hmm
0: I'm really uncomfortable. I'm really nervous now. Does anyone have any garlic? Um, I I go to um kind of just put my hand on my gun just ready. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Total party kill. <laughs> it's the only way to be sure.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
5: so
2: many of Hanash's adventures end like this.
0: It's <laughs> my uh, another way. She didn't eye me all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the first party. <laughs> this is like Hanash's third or fourth adventuring party.
2: Is, so many of my parties end like this. It's
3: so
2: <laughs> I think Tati's gonna uh just be like well you know good job aristobulus maybe check maybe check uh belciar over at some point um can i see the thing that that aristobulus is uh maning around
1: yeah yeah you just see he's he's got a charred jawbone with higgledy piggledy teeth like i said last week the job uh, he did, on the autopsy, the molars and the incisors and the canines are all in the wrong place, and some of them are just nails. Mm. As in steel nails. Iron nails, not fingernails. That'd be grim. Amongst
2: the higgledy-piggledy uh, job that was done on this vampire's teeth, can I see like what looks like actual vampire fangs in there?
1: Yes. You see juvenile fangs Oof. Um i don't know how much experience tatty has with the undead but they look like human teeth that have morphed or are in the midst of morphing into versions of themselves which are far sharper than a human would have mm. um, would i be they don't look like f- Spider fangs or anything, but they, they they're far sharper than they should be for a human. Would I be able to?
2: Um, and I don't think Tati has much experience with the undead or vampires or anything. But with my um, connection to death and ghosts and shit like that, it, it, like, yeah. if I take the if I take the jawbone from Aristobulus, do I get any kind of like weird? Um, I don't know, weird reading off of it or anything like that? Like any idea of what it is?
1: Um, Sure. I'm going to say make me a religion check because it's the closest thing I can think.
3: Um, 13.
1: You pick up the jaw and it just feels tainted. Everything about the jaw feels wrong. Um, everything about the jaw just gives you a nasty, sickly feeling. A bit like when you know you've got dog shit on the bottom of your foot, you can never truly be comfortable. You've got to you've got to clean it off. It just you know something you know something's tainted, you know something's foul and wrong. As the longer you hold on to it, the sicker you feel in the pit of your stomach and what starts as a niggle turns into an almost swirl of nausea. As it lifts up, you can feel the blood rushing from your stomach as you feel a horrible, greasy, queasy feeling come over you, as what forms in your mind eye is almost a deja vu, memories colliding. Um, the rest of you watch Tatty as he starts wobbling on his feet a little bit, going slightly pale and gaunt. Tatty, from your point of view, you see in your mind's eye a familiar memory, yet not a memory you've ever had, but to you, it feels fully familiar as you've lived through it as you see yourself sitting under a tree, eating an apple as a lady. Arrives on horseback wearing a long flowing black dress, hair as black as the night itself, and eyes cold and dark but beautiful and beguiling as she beckons you closer as she gets down off her horse. You feel an attraction. This is an odd experience for you, Tatty. You feel an attraction to this lady. The cut of her dress is particularly revealing and a cold white alabaster bosom, if you will, is starting to make you feel awkward. As tatty, you start getting a sympathy <laughs> from this memory.
2: uh yeah i think i think is it is, am i like living through this
1: memory at the minute yes you're living through the memory of the urge uh, the beauty the beguiling beauty of this lady tatty you through the memory of the child feel the strong urge Head towards the lady. The more you try and fight it in the memory, the more nauseous you feel as you cannot stop yourself or the memory of the child walking towards the lady as she dismounts the horse and holds out a pale white alabaster hand with immaculately painted black fingernails. As the child takes the hand, you feel from your memory the coldness of the hand. And the sudden rush as you look down and you see the nails have raked across your stomach, and the coldness as the blood is leaving your body um, slowly
2: does it like the feeling that I got when um I took the jawbone like that sick feeling did that like did that like redouble in the memory as well when the like when her hands Touched the, the 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 child's hand, or or like when when her hand like rakes across his skin. Cool.
1: Yeah. Um, the feebleness of the child as it occurs to you. The memory of the child. The child realizes it's dying. Uh, as the fangs close in on your neck, Tatty. And the warmth drains out of you. The memory ended. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna The colour returning to your face. I'm gonna
2: just I'm gonna give the give the jawbone back to back to Aristogulus. Just be like, you hang on to that. We'll we'll probably need it, but you hang on to that.
1: You had that cold, greasy, nauseous feeling, Tatty. Having just seen hideous events that you couldn't possibly have changed. Mm. You're now aware. A female vampire is somewhere in this vicinity.
2: Yeah, I think Tati is like he's when he gets back into his own his own body is like I need to I need to I need to hand off the jawbone. But then as soon as as soon as that like leaves his hand, he's like he like starts to walk away from everyone and then turns back and he goes, "Looks like we got a vampire problem." <laughs>
1: As you see, Edith and Silas coming back. Silas has a red slap mark across the side of his face, <laughs> as he says, "We've got a what?
0: Hey, man, this this really sucks." <laughs>
5: <laughs> uh,
2: just every, everyone has a go at doing the punchline for this uh, for 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 this for this joke. Yeah, I think Tati is gonna gesture to the the jawbone that Aristobulus is holding and be like,
3: um Cliff Notes Job was turned into a vampire and
2: uh these two uh took care of took care of that problem. So kudos to kudos to Belsiar and Aristobulus. Um I I just um, examined the, the jawbone. Um, and I had a vision of when Job was, uh, turned into a vampire. And it was very stressful, very confusing. Um, but I think you, the, I think there's a, I think there's a vampire nearby that, that must have, must have turned a Um, a woman,
0: actually. But what, what about her bosom? Her bosom was, was, her bosom was quite nice. Ample. <laughs> Maybe a <the> confusing memory. <laughs> Bangs a lot for the update. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. wow. Boom boom. Somebody wants extra XP.
0: I personally give Hanash 100 XP somehow.
1: <laughs> Belsiar gets less experienced. <laughs> Belciar becomes a virgin again, <laughs> and Hanash <laughs> just elevates. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just to clarify from your to 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 fill a hole in a story loop that I just created there, if it appeared that the vampirus exsanguinated the child by slashing his stomach, the vampires heal pretty quickly uh Vampires will regenerate in the dark Do they
4: have to bite the person or can they slash them and turn them into a vampire?
0: ooh she, she bit him, right? She did both. Yeah, she did both. But maybe he would have turn to even without biting.
4: I'm trying to work out um, how long BLCR has to live. Like, because he was scratched.
0: Am I feeling any like, is the sun. I probably am actually. I'm probably starting to feel a bit warm in the sun, just from anxiety.
1: It's just your crocodile
0: constitution.
1: <gasps> <laughs> You've been injured before, you've hurt before, and you know what a wound feels like. This one feels slightly sore and infected. It's too soon for it to be festering, but a bit like when you're wiping your ass and you accidentally wipe some into an open cut, (laughs) you just instantly... It's out of that
4: zombie party program.
1: Oh, The Last of Us? I like the way that you don't know the name of a cultural phenomenon zombie. of this year. That zombie plant thing. Uh, you're aware that your cut is tainted, Belciar. Beyond what that means, you're not sure. Oh,
0: God. Oh, God. Um,
1: it's starting to weep pus.
0: You just know that Belciar
2: is a massive hypochondriac, and none of us are going to respect this at all.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I like this idea that Belciar's putting loads of Hello Kitty plasters on, it, <laughs> just trying to hold his entrails in. Yeah,
4: as a cropper board, though, he's already got fangs, so we're not going to be able to tell right. the difference. Oh
2: my god. Really. god! He's yeah, going to look. They've he's got point here. Yeah, he's going to look so fucking cool as a vampire.
1: I'm very excited for this. Whilst the four of you work out what the hell you want to do and how. Whatever, whether you're going to hunt this vampire down, leave the village, or whatever you want to do. We're going to take a quick drinks break um, whilst I consider my life choices. We'll be back in five. Go grab yourself a drink. Picking up where we left off with all of you in the village... You've all come together on the understanding that an undead presence is haunting the village. A lady dressed all in black with pale alabaster skin and beautiful dead eyes who has been preying on the children.
3: It's not it's technically Gen Z at the <laughs> moment.
1: I, I, I don't understand your references. Are they. Um, Who's Gen Z? The vampire or the children?
4: Well, just the description was very Gen Z. Was it dead behind the eyes, pale skin, from never going out?
3: Oh,
1: I see. Yes, um, she's a plant-based vampire. She only sucks the juice out of veg. She only sucks the blood of vegetarians.
2: Dump out, dump out, dump out. D- abort. <laughs>
4: we have now got a vegan vampire.
1: No, Chris didn't like that. It was too close to his sensibility. No, it was,
2: that was fine. It was, the point where, it was the point where you said a vampire that sucks the juices out of, and then I thought you were going to refer to and I was like, no, 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 no. no get out of here. The <laughs> no. vegan thing is fine. Go back to the vegan thing.
1: No. Stop, stop making it icky, Chris. Yeah, I've already Chris. washed my hands in the halftime break. I don't want to have to get the sanitiser again. Why, why would you do that now?
0: AJ's trying to keep this above board. I'm to bring this
1: back to normalcy and decency, all right? Oh, no. I, made a, I made a simple joke at the expense of the vegans, and <laughs> but what, what are you, basically? I'm saying, what are you all doing? You know that there's something haunting the village. Are you going to deal with it, or are you going to? Does it belong to Kesha? <laughs> <laughs>
2: what did Edith and Silas say to us when we would when we described the what had happened? because as far as I know, they haven't said anything to us yet.
1: Well, no. Silas is still in a state. Silas is still in a state of shock as Hanash has bitch slapped him across the face so many times, and Edith has just watched a child come back from the dead and try and exsanguinate her. They're in somewhat of shock as Edith is like, "Well, there is something in this village that's clearly." Praying. I've
0: got an idea. The
1: weak and innocent.
0: Maud also got an idea.
4: No, no, go on. You
0: go. What, what time of day is it? It's like morning, right? Or oh, midday?
1: Uh, you've made it to about eleven thirty so far.
0: Okay, Edith and old man Silas. We're gonna have a big meeting in the middle of the village.
4: I like that.
0: In the village green. Everyone needs to be there. If you're not there, we'll assume you're a vampire who can't come out into the city.
3: <laughs> Edith is like
1: My God, you're a genius. A qualified forensic scientist <laughs> and a sleuth to boot.
0: That's that's me.
1: Okay, where shall we meet?
3: Uh Village Green? Anywhere with a good sunlight line of sight we could even make it a little you know
0: have drinks have a little lemonade stall
1: as you look at the cleanup crew in the middle of the village um a bit like the field after glastonbury everything after the fertility festival everything soiled there's just used prophylactics everywhere uh but you do see the maypole in the middle of the village um, still fountaining multicoloured ribbons out of its tip <laughs> as it's a fertility symbol, the maypole um, you agree to meet in the centre of the village as Edith says, I will go and make the arrangements everyone will meet in the middle of the village at high noon when the sun is at its zenith and we shall see who sets on fire.
3: Excellent. I'm sure they'll come out
2: in, in, into into the sun. I'm sure that was...
1: <laughs> just a guy covered in, like, factor 4,000. Yeah. Just makes... His <laughs> skin,
2: skin is just drinking sun cream. <laughs> Make sure you have a census of everyone who lives in the village.
0: Yeah. So that we, can, we can cross them off one by one.
2: Yeah. Also, um,
3: here's
0: his
1: oh dear god
0: his three gold pieces make sure we have sandwiches that are little triangles tuna cheese she
1: looks over she's like silas you're in charge of catering as he's like and what as he just he you hand him the three gold pieces and he just heads off on some sort of like jack and the beanstalk three magic beans kind of (laughs) adventure they're trying to try and do the that catering for next an one village on three gold pieces.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Silas's, Silas's
1: quest for drinks.
4: <laughs> Silas and the <laughs> pot pastry. How many voluburns yeah, can yeah. you get with
0: <laughs> I asked Edith like, if, if they got any silver knocking it
3: out anywhere? and garlic.
1: Edith says, Why, well, yeah, silver. Well, there there must be some ornaments in the church some of the candlestick holders and crucifixes and the likes i believe are silver
0: excellent to the raiding party
1: <laughs> to
0: the to the what party the raiding ah raiding thank you
1: i thought you said raving yeah. i was just imagining you were like <laughs> just... going out I was <laughs> maybe,
0: maybe i like the candles as well let's have a party
1: yeah. yeah okay right who who and what are you all doing you've got about half an hour until everyone meets in the middle of the village in the blazing sun
3: I. To
4: go back to the black smiths.
1: Okay,
3: yeah. And I'd like to pick up the axe that is still there that nobody's picked Mm. up. Uh, The one on the anvil? Yeah. Um, That's a hammer, but... (laughs) Okay.
1: It's a very large hammer. Uh, Yep, sure, okay, so... All of you coordinating. Hanash, you're now aware that the church is the place where you can get a good supply of silver, if anywhere, as some of the the ornaments and reliquaries are made of silver. And Maud, you're plodding your way back to the blacksmith. Um, Maud, as you make your way, you step over the incinerated and now crumbling body of the vampire child.
3: Smells like bacon.
1: Okay, if you like your bacon undead and dusty. You just see Job's family wandering around trying to find his body. As you walk into the blacksmiths past them all, you see the disarray. It's it was a stone building anyway, so just some of the woodwork on the inside, the table's now charred and ashen, as Belsiar set fire to most things inside there. You you see there is a large blacksmith's hammer still on the anvil.
3: Okay. Yeah, I'd like to
1: take that. Okay. Uh, sure. Yeah, it is a powerful, and it takes some wielding. Yeah, you could brain somebody with it. It's it's designed for beating out metal on an anvil, so you can you can mark off that you have a blacksmith's hammer.
3: Okay, I will.
1: Looking around, you see. His favourite armchair is now up in flames. The teapot and mug are still there, and uh, the there was a prawn salad that the blacksmith had been eating. If you yeah. look down in the corner, that's now a charred and blackened mess. Charred king prawns.
3: Let's head to the church and talk to the pastor or whoever is there. Uh, who who's
1: Go, you will go in there, or something. I want
3: to. I want to
2: do something quickly before I meet everyone back in the middle of the village. If that's cool. Okay. Um, yeah. If you If you want to do the If you want to do the church thing first, find some candlesticks that we can brain this vampire with. That'd be a good idea.
0: Sure.
1: All right. You're going on your own then, Hanash.
0: Yeah. Unless i else to do it.
1: Okay. As you make your way across, it's a small chapel. It's quite rudimentary. Like this is no cathedral. Um, it's basically got a big hall and it's got a bell tower to it. Um, with a kind of very basic clock on the face of the bell tower. Um, as you make your way to the double doors, uh, they are large and imposing. They're about 10 foot tall with sort of brass knockers on it.
0: I open both, like, uh, together and, like, come through majestically.
1: (laughs) Majestically swinging together the giant oak doors. They crash into the pews on the other half (laughs) as the echoes resonate through the centre of the church. It's quite a nice little church, like a little, imagine a village, village church. It's got stained glass windows, but still quite dark and gloomy on the inside. As you see, the pews are coloured by light shining through from the different pictures. On the walls, you see various saints doing saintly-style acts or getting themselves martyred on the stained glasses. Um, As you see, pew after pew after pew, dusty and empty, heading down through the hall of the church.
0: Do I see anyone in
3: the church?
1: Make me a perception check.
3: No, Four. it's not going to be good. Three, I think. Three. Oh, no, wait. Uh, oh, no, that's Aristobulus. Sorry.
0: Uh, <laughs> plus zero. Two. Two.
1: Two? Wow. It's bad. Uh, your your attention is instantly arrested by the donation plate that you just see is full of loose change. Um, You, you were looking for people and you got distracted by money.
3: I put the money in my pocket.
1: <laughs> taking the brass plate which is inscribed with holy words and symbols you tip it to one side and tip a large amount of shrapnel into your pocket which for the sake of arguing we will say is three silver pieces worth of copper um sick but you're never going to need phone booth money for the rest <laughs> of your life basically Jerry's gonna get um, so many calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sticking money in every slot he can find. Um right. Yeah, it's musty and dark and dank in here. Like, I
3: shout, Father,
0: where art thou? <laughs>
1: <laughs> as as you see. There's a little back room, like a little, like, kind of, um, antechamber, if you will, at the back as the door creaks open. And you just see, like, a half snow blind man come out as he's like, Yes, yes. What is it I can do for you, child? Oh, a half breed. Wow.
4: <laughs> yeah. We didn't wow. call them that
3: here. Won't you help
1: me, father? The dead have arisen. <laughs> oh, the dead have arisen. Fantastic. <laughs> Herb, you just see, he's this old man. He's got milky white eyes and little like pince knees, a bit like Belsiar across his nose. He's got wiry white hair um, and two eyebrows that kind of almost meet in the middle, like bushy, bushy numbers. Um, he was inscribing something in a book as he puts the pen and the book down, slamming it with a snap. As he's like, well, if the dead have arrived, I should come with you.
0: Fantastic. Excellent news.
1: <laughs> what is it that I can help? Can I offer you a spot of tea? Yes. Before we...
0: And do you have any silver things? You see, we've got a spot of vampires knocking around and we need to, <laughs> you know, do the old stabby, stabby, silver, silver thing.
1: He looks at you and he says, I have but one rule. No firearms in the church. And he points to a sign <laughs> by the door.
0: Spend about 10 minutes taking all the firearms off me, you know, like <laughs> feel everywhere. the everywhere. Pull one out of like the sole of your shoe. Yeah. <laughs> the final one comes out of my butt. I know,
3: like, <laughs> like a little flag on
0: That's why I keep my good light. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
1: Fantastic. <laughs> as um, he welcomes you into the little antechamber at the back, and there's a little stove with coals in it as he lifts a metal teapot off and pours you a very good cup of tea. As Chanel would say, the tea is the color of, of He Man. It's it's the, uh, that's how you gauge a good. Mm.
3: Like 80s He
1: Man. There was no other He Man. I don't think He Man. Oh, he maybe did. Did he make it outside the 80s?
0: The uh, the ca- cafe in Crooks has the the poster that says T-shirt look like
3: this, and this is a photo of He Man.
1: He Man always kind of dressed in like weird S and M gear. But anyway,
3: didn't it look more like wasn't it more like
2: the? It reminded me more of like the Road Leathers from like Mad Max.
1: No, Mad Max is definitely S and M. He he sort of had a weird thong and like some suspenders on. It was very bizarre. But anyway, we digress. so whilst hanash and the priest share a cup of tea and discuss battle tactics what are the rest of you doing because Tati, i know you had a plan
2: um yeah i just wanted to spend whatever time i've got before uh making it to the village green for high sun um if i could have a look at just like a a glance around to see if I can find somewhere that looks like the tree from Job's memory
1: yes uh, as you look around desperately trying to think back to the memory the nausea comes across you the harder you try and recollect it the more sick and tainted you feel but make me a perception check or an investigation maybe an investigation check <coughs>
3: not great that's a 10
1: you go tree to tree to tree to tree it's the problem is after a while you don't know whether the the picture you've got in your mind is being rewritten by the number of trees you go tree blind okay basically um but yeah you you certainly there was a distinctive not in one of the trees in your memory, but you can fail to find that not in any of the trees you come across in the village.
3: Does it kind of look like the tree that Job was at was more like
2: further on the outskirts of the village, like moving away from, from.
1: Yeah. Extra? The lady had ridden her horse into the village. So it would have been somewhere on the perimeter of the village.
2: Yeah. Um, okay, cool. I'll, um, I'll um
3: uh go back to the village green and make sure Barbara's with me as well.
1: Mm. Uh right, yep. Maud, Belsia, what are you doing whilst Tatty's that and Hanash is doing that?
4: Um so where am I at the moment?
1: You're you were just milling around the village green. Um I don't think you've moved from uh the the Maypole.
4: I'm gonna find a position. Where I can keep an eye on everybody, vantage point. Where I can keep an eye on everybody, um, with my message, my message, lump hammer.
1: Oh, I see. Sure. Um. Yeah. I mean, the village. Maybe from a tree. Maybe. Um. The there's um. As with all village greens, it's sometimes used to play cricket. And you can see the cricket pavilion at the end of the village green has a balcony on it.
4: How close is it? I need to be quite close.
1: You're on the edge of the village green. I mean, how big is a cricket pitch? Like,
4: I don't know. I don't play cricket. What?
1: Didn't your people invent cricket?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did.
1: Or did we invent it I, and beat us at it? Okay,
4: I digress. But actually, um, I probably made one of the world's most superior cricketer. Um, I am half South African, quarter English, and
0: two-thirds
1: Ewok.
4: A quarter Indian, probably win the World
1: Series. I hate cricket. Why you would stand there and let somebody hurl a ball at your head?
3: Just rounders, isn't it? Rounders for more
1: boring people. It doesn't have all the tension of croquet, so I was never interested in it. (laughs) If I'm being honest.
4: Lunch was the only thing that vaguely made me interested. When they were like, "Oh, we
1: stopped for lunch," and I was like, <laughs> "Really? No."
0: Yeah, I think polo looks like the most exciting ball game.
1: Yeah, it are supposed croquet on horses, isn't it? Um, right. So Maud is dangling her feet off the balcony of the cricket pavilion on the edge of the cri- of the village green, thwapping her hammer repeatedly into her hand, menacingly watching people as they. Gather, Belcia. What does this leave you doing?
3: I need to
0: find Sharpish, a delicatessen that sells garlic oil. <laughs> oh <my
1: God. laughs> right, never, never a dull moment as a DM.
4: And some truffles, truffles, darling.
1: And maybe some, maybe some olives and
0: truffles as a treat. And get some quattro. Well. I some yeah. Yeah.
1: Make. Me an investigation. Uh, check.
0: San Pellegrino. This is it. <laughs> Make me a douchebag chick. <laughs> <laughs> that's a natural five. Well, that's a natural two, which is a five.
1: A natural two. You walk up and down the streets for fucking ages trying to find somewhere that might sell you garlic, like, you know, looking for a greengrocer's or somewhere like that. Finally, down a back alley in the village, you stumble upon an artisanal cheesemaker. Oh! As you push your way in, you just see like wheels of hard cheeses and you know various vats of soft cheeses. As you see this excitable-looking ginger lady, uh, who's 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 um, she's wearing a smock which is just covered in various forms of dried lactose. <laughs> Um, from the cheese making process.
3: Hey, uh, old fair lady.
1: All right, how you doing? I.
3: <laughs> yeah, you got any? Um,
0: got any garlic cheeses? Anything garlicky or? Uh... I do.
1: Yeah. Do you like a roulade? As um, she lifts up a pale white creamy cheese flecked with herbs and she's like do you like a garlic roulade i'd creamy with fiery with garlic that sounds
3: delicious can i try a little bit oh absolutely
1: oh you can try any cheese you want as uh she takes out uh, a dry cracker and smears a bit of the garlic roulade on it she's like we make our own crackers too oh, that's that's Bulgur wheat.
4: Everybody knows that vegans are lactose that um, vampires are lactose intolerant. True,
3: uh, it's true. Uh,
1: Bram Stoker himself uh, alluded to that very much in the novel. Um, yes, as uh, you you take on the the cracked bulgur wheat cracker smeared with a beautiful, rich, creamy garlic roulade the flavours washing around your palate and for just a moment you forget about the gaping claw marks down your chest which are starting to fester as the warmth of the garlic hits your tongue
0: okay. and i i feel okay i'm not vomiting up black oil and
1: uh beads of sweat are starting to form on your forehead and uh, a kind of pale pus is starting to weep out of the wounds slightly um as as she's like "Ooh, i might have something for you as she brings a date and fig wensley dale mm. and starts smearing it on your chest wounds she's like naturally antiseptic
0: that's could could you mix in a little bit of the garlic as well just to be on the safe side but yeah i'll take i'll take a uh, half a kilo of
3: Whatever you got to, to half do a kilo. Yeah. Just slaver it on.
1: Right. No problem. She's like, that'll be uh, five silver pieces. It
0: was worth it, here you go. Is it is it getting a bit heated in there? As you know, she's like slavery on his like bodies and like it's like eye contact going on like There's a soundtrack. I'd, I'd like more description.
1: Yeah. and she just takes out a creme brulee torch. Just slowly glazing the Wensley making a uh, seal. The <laughs> <chest-y>. <laughs> this, this went real weird. And, uh, she's like, uh, that'll be five silver pieces. And, uh, I'm afraid it's a gold piece for that. Um, as you look over, you see, um, <laughs> is just slowly Tunneling his whale through a like a wheel no. of gouda, he's just lying on his back, fully engorged, no. like just having he's he's having a cheese coma.
0: Can I at least? I'll take yeah. I'll, I'll I'll buy the damn gouda with him in it.
3: Fine.
1: So you take you take a giant wheel of gouda. Uh, your chest wounds for the moment locked in with uh, torched Wednesday Dale. As you also have a very very strong garlic roulade, that's good. Uh, it will go well on toast or a bagel. As she's like, would you would you like uh, chutney?
0: No, I think that I
1: do homemade chutneys.
0: I think that might just fester in the you wound. Jam. Uh, what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: I'll, I'll I'll come back though. I'll,
1: I'll get some lunch. Anyways, apparently we've got to shut up shop.
0: (laughs) I hope this is the next fifteen minutes of the podcast, is this (laughs) Yeah yeah. yeah. Actually we're we're having a big we're having a big meeting on the on the village green. Here's a here's an extra gold piece for you. If you wanna put on like a little cheese cheese board for for people. Like cocktail sticks,
3: that kind of thing.
1: Oh, I can't tell. Are you are you flirting with me? No. Why? Or is this purely transactional?
0: Yeah, I'm just a I'm just a crocodile who needs some garlic made on him. And you've you've ably no, it's
1: all right. Just w- when I was rubbing cheese on your chest, I thought maybe there were signs of something more. <laughs> but honey, you, you're not my type. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh oh, my bad. Okay. <laughs> oh oh dear. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm flattered. I'm I'm sorry. I misread. <laughs> I misread the signals. That's my bad. Let's keep this purely, purely transactional. Um, I'm sorry. As she wraps your stuff up in a gift bag, hands it back to you, and then she's like, "Yeah, oh yeah, the, the meeting in the village green. Yep, got to go." Um, I've got- as. You yeah. make your I've way got, out I've, with the garlic roulard. I've got a green
0: pal, I say as I walk out the door. I've got a green pal you might like.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
3: what a wingman. Exotic.
1: What a guy. Uh, you see Nibble, Nobble and Gobble are waiting for you outside as you corral them. Uh, K- Picato is wobbling in your wake. He's eaten so much cheese. You guarantee he's going to have the cheese shits later. But uh, he's trying to keep up as he's half like, (laughs) as he's like, he's literally just turned into a little kind of like bloated potato.
0: Become a croquette.
5: Oh, he's a croquette. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. boom.
1: (laughs) How has it taken us this fucking long not to make a joke about croquettes? Well done, Mr. Rag. (laughs) Mr. Rag can have 50 points extra XP at the end, if someone reminds me. Yeah, yeah, for Chris Rack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. As you make your way back into the village green, you see people are starting to gather. Um, you just see all sorts of odd that
4: We haven't locked the exit to the village. We haven't blocked the exit so people can leave instead of turning up to the meeting.
3: true I mean
1: I'm pretty sure if they were a vampire they'd be on fire anyway but yeah yeah, that's uh, right are there any more considerations you want to Uh,
2: I think I'm I think I'm I'm good Um, yeah we'll just wait and and see what happens with the with the register
0: can I um, ask the holy man uh, what his name is
1: oh yes my name is um, Reverend Yarmolenko (laughs)
0: Nice to meet you, Yamalenko.
1: A Reverend Yarmolenko, thank you. I didn't go to Bible school for three years just to be Mr. Yarmolenko. I'm the Reverend Ramalenko.
0: Okay, Rami. <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> Rev
1: Rami. Oh, I like you, half-breed. Um, <laughs> could I offer you in a ginger nut? As he opens a tin and just takes out some biscuits.
0: Uh, I take the tin and
1: (laughs) (laughs) he offers you the biscuit. You take the whole tin, (laughs) just leaving him holding the biscuit as he looks slightly crestfallen as you, you start, you start consuming biscuits and sipping tea. So we'll come back to you in a minute. As everybody gathers on the village green, you see it's just hit midday. The sun is at its peak, blazing down, casting strong shadows. Um, the, the, uh, maypole in the middle of the village green, casting a long, full-on shadow across like a sundial, um, spaffing multicolored ribbons out of the top. You see. First children, then the elderly, then shopkeepers. There's a real kind of, uh, like, why have we got to shut up shop? 50% hungover people from the fertility clinic and and clinic? (laughs) 50% hungover people from the fertility festival. They wish there was a goddamn fertility clinic. (laughs) They do. And 50% disgruntled business people who were hoping to make a quick buck from um, tired people who couldn't be bothered to cook the, mo- the the morning after a jolly good rogering at a fertility <laughs> festival. As you see people are gathering now, now 10, now 20, now 30, now 40. Um, what, what are you doing, Maud, as you see the people gathering and milling around? And Tati, are you back from the trees? Yeah,
3: I have returned from the trees.
4: So I'm keeping a vantage point because I'm pretty certain that with all of my past dealings with vampires, that I will know a vampire when I see it trying to intermingle. <laughs> um,
1: okay, so you see CR coming back, bringing the goblins with him, uh, holding a holding a a bag full of cheese, um, looking very happy with himself. You look to the other side you see Tatty walking across the green come in as you see Silas and Edith push to the front on a raised dais as they're about to address the crowd Maud you see an individual in the middle
3: with a cowl pulled up over their face oh. looking sheepish I'm going to try and get Tatty's attention
2: can i um, make a perception check to see uh whatever maud's whatever subtle signal maud is using <laughs> she's she's going
1: <laughs> <laughs> just making fangs and horns
2: uh yeah i'll make a perception check uh
3: come on uh 19
1: 19 you see the individual uh adult sized black cow pulled over their face they seem to be holding their arms close to themselves.
2: Are they, like, wrapped up in, like, I know you said they've got a cowl on. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, they're holding themselves they close, like, have they got punched like over.
2: They've
3: a cloak around them. Yep. In terms of, like, height and figure, does it look familiar?
1: Full-sized adult.
3: Full-sized.
1: They're ducking and weaving through the crowd, trying to avoid people, trying to stay on the periphery of it.
2: Uh, Which direction are they travelling through the crowd? Are they travelling towards the...
1: Away from you. Are they travelling... They're travelling away from you. Are they travelling towards the place
2: where Edith and Silas
1: are? No, they're travelling away from it. Okay. They're trying to slink away unseen.
2: I will try and... I'll try and follow them. Um, um, Stealthily, I guess.
1: Um, Yeah, as you follow them, they melt out of the crowd, making their way back to the edge of a village where they duck under the eaves of the inn. And stop looking back to see if anyone's seen that they've gone. Um,
2: Can I can I try and follow them and try and get behind? Try and quickly get behind some cover when they when they stop.
3: Um, Yeah. Just so.
1: Make me a make me a stealth check. Uh, dirty twenty. Dirty twenty. Ducking and weaving, bobbing. Behind barrels and crates and walls, you follow them back to a small hut at the back of the village. As they look around pensively, or from what you can see, because you can't see them, as they duck inside the hut and close the door. Hmm.
2: Have you guys stayed at the? Have you guys stayed at the the green? Um, has anyone has anyone followed me?
3: Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna see what see what this is, but. Uh, just curious. Think I'm eyeing up the sandwiches. Yeah. I think I've gone too far. You got,
0: a, you got a cheese board to think about, pal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're
1: you're 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 helping the uh, the ginger set up a cheese cheese board on a trestle. I'm
0: table. On my second mug of tea. <laughs> uh,
1: right. What are you doing, Chris? Uh, what are you doing, Tati? Uh I'm gonna. Did you say they
2: went in? Went into the hole? Just yeah. Just using the door. Yeah. Um, Any windows
1: around? No. Okay. Very poor hut.
2: Blow it up.
1: Blow it up. Can't afford windows.
2: So basement, basement, basement floor. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, walk up and rap on the door, Uh, and then instead of, instead of waiting for a response, I will head in quietly.
1: As you push the door, you see a hand reaching for the door the other way as the person steps back sheepishly, ensconced in a black cowl. You look into the depths of their cowl. you can
3: see no face interesting, interesting as they shuffle backwards, you hear a voice saying, "All right, what do you want?" Um. I've got to imagine that that's the voice of
2: that that's the voice of this unreasonably attractive vampire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm just going to say um uh I I've been sent to I've been sent to uh round up any any stragglers for the uh the meeting on the village green. If you want it.
1: Oh, You don't want me there. You don't want me there. Why is that? Um I, uh, can you keep a secret? Yeah. (laughs) No. As the the cowl slowly gets peeled back and you see ginger bushy head skinny man. You see acne growing up one side of his face. As he takes the cowl off, you see a nasty rash running down both of his arms. He's like I think I caught something last night. I'm a little bit worried I might have spread it round half the village. I don't think they want me there. I'm like the epicenter of syphilis. God, it's not your fault.
2: It's not your fault. A village that has a fertility festival once every year really should have a clinic of some sort. Even just, even just, even just a traveling cleric who comes around and
1: just heals you all. Two things: I don't want to give more people syphilis, and I'm a ginger. I should not be out in the midday sun, but. I will come if you say. Yeah, just not like that. I did that last night. It didn't end well.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't need to know that. <laughs> just, just follow me, and just keep your distance from everybody. If you don't want to, you don't want to go near them. And throw a throw a hood on or something. Cover up those locks.
1: All right. As he puts the cow back on, and he and he walks with you, plodding back. He's like, I don't think we should do this, but if you say so, little man, I'll take your word. I've seen you with the village elders. As you make your way back towards the village green. We're going to pan back to Hanash as you pick up a bag that um, the Reverend Yarmolenko has given you. And and Yarmolenko says, there's some silver over there. Um, candlesticks. They should do you well. Thank you,
0: Reverend Wee. And I...
1: Yarmolenko...
0: <sighs> uh I just sigh and turn around and like start like picking up candlesticks and putting them in my in my bag and I'm gonna put them in my, my pockets so I'm like all like kind of armoured up.
1: As you you go over to a wooden chest of drawers you see there's silver candlesticks and various um silver parts uh like reliquies and vestments and things like that, as you start storing them in this almost tote bag uh, you look at them what the, the the silver candlesticks are hefty they're going to do you good stead against the undead um as you one tumbles to the floor and rolls to your foot you bend over to pick it up putting it back in the bag as you stand back up a sudden dizziness washes over you as you realize you've stood up too quickly losing your footing you rock back and crash into the Chest, your whole centre of balance swimming and dizzy as you fall forwards onto your knees, holding yourself up on the edge of a writing desk. You see Yarmolenko standing in front of you as he says, Oh, you will do nicely, half blood. The master will enjoy this. (sighs) You should not have come here meddling. What? But the tea was good. As you look over at the tea, you realise, You've been poisoned.
5: Nobody <gasps> wants my half blood.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Should have known when he was when he was a when he was a massive racer. <laughs> okay. Ah, half breed.
1: As you crash backwards, your vision swimming, nausea, you vomit out the side of your mouth <clears throat> chunks of sweet corn flying in all directions. You look over as the door creaks open, and a black-clad, beautiful lady with alabaster skin and flowing black hair sweeps into the room, almost gliding, effortlessly moving across the floorboards. As she stands behind Yarmolenko and says, "Good work.
3: Good work."
0: I don't know how she gets an Insta bonus.
1: <laughs> as <laughs> You get a very feeble, woozy boner (laughs) that barely gets above 45 degrees. As you see the alabaster lady draws a nail across her wrist as blood starts slowly oozing out, as Yarmolenko drops down onto two knees and starts lapping at her blood. As you realise before you pass out that Yarmolenko is a thrall who is. Bound to the will of his they master. They call him a
0: simp these days.
2: Just <laughs> <laughs> a really big sub guy.
3: <laughs>
1: wow. And on that bombshell, we're going to end this week's episode. Hunting for vampires,
5: vampires.
1: The interesting thing was I knew it was in the church because I wrote it that way and I thought it would take a lot much longer time for you to find it and I had all sorts of reasons why you would find it and then Hanasha was like I'd just like to go to the church and I was like oh <laughs> there you go
3: I feel like it's always me that gets captured and taken hostage
1: <laughs> um, it has been traditionally
2: I got captured by the, the vigilante
3: woman uh, yeah. the back wasp
1: you've been poisoned many times Uh, it was going to be interesting i I wanted to see what would happen yarmolenko being a thrall of a vampire wouldn't have particularly wanted to pick up the silverware so i was curious to see what had happened if you asked him to hand it to you and also i wondered if you would just take the cup of tea and allow yourself to be poisoned and you just went right for it so i was like whatever I don't even need a route. In my
0: head, like, I don't think it would come into the holy holy place. So I thought this would be a safe mm. space, foolishly.
1: Well, this instinct, like, clearly it's been corrupted and tainted. For whatever reason, Yarmolenko has made it a violated place. So the sanctity of the church is clearly been corrupted. But there, there you go. Right. I think that's about all we're going to achieve for this week. Before we let you go, before we let we go, what the fuck was that? Before, before we let you go, we just want to say a big thank you for tuning in for another dollop of fun packed fantasy fuck nuggetry. Seeing as you made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never miss another episode again? Better yet, if you're feeling fruity, why not give us a five star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? All of your reviews and recommendations go a long way towards validating our crippling sense of self worth if you fancy chatting to us about anything you've heard across the course of this episode the best place to find us is on twitter still currently at adventurers a n o but you can also find us on instagram where we occasionally share pictures of shit we've been drinking or behind the scenes pictures so that just leaves us time to say goodbye from the wounded Crockerborn himself, Mr. Matt Durant. Baby,
3: Stay garlicky.
1: Wow. It's a massive goodbye from the feral Ewok herself, Chantel. <coughs> it's a massive goodbye from a man who'll take a tea off anyone. Goodbye, father! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And... It's a massive goodbye from the man who acts as my conscience, Mr. Chris Neal. Go on, get out of here. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. There you go. That's about as much adventuring as we're going to achieve this week. Matt, have you got a tune to play us out? Something Hilberly
3: ish. Um, yeah, it goes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was, what just
1: happened? Terrifying Magic. That was brilliant. I feel more inbred. Right. We will see you all back here next week, listeners.
3: Remember, stay tipsy. Stay cheesy.
1: Wow. Right. Go home. Piss off. Goodbye. The end. Well, there you go. There's another episode that I'll have to heavily edit down so that I don't sound like a massive...